Hello and welcome to series one of That Right Tuition Chat. In this series, we discuss the ins and outs of private tuition with the Right Tuition Company founder, Arthur Punsonby, along with some parental points of view, with topics from finding the right tutor. But there is, I'd say, rather a secretive aura around procuring a tutor for your child, for whatever reason. Um, and I, I think it's really important that uh, when you're trying to find a cheetah, um, you do your due diligence. To dealing with the anxieties of our children. Um, so I think it's a big part of you know, well-being and children's well-being that they can get sort of a broader range of support, you know, as they go through their school life. Arthur gives an in-depth perspective of why private tuition can aid a child's growth not only educationally, but also with life skills. Hello and welcome to That Right Tuition Chat. Today I'm joined by Arthur Punsonby, founder of The Right Tuition Company. And for a parent's perspective, we're talking to Crispian Senna, whose eldest child, I believe, goes to Right Tuition. That's true. Yes, he does. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, both. How are you both doing? Very well, yeah, thank you. Very good, very good. Great. I'd like to start the chat off today. Um, we are going to be talking a bit more about the tangible impact that a good tutor can have upon a child. If I could start with you, Arthur, I think there's sort of always a, a bit of stigma around the idea that you're just getting a tutor to improve grades. Mm. Um, and, and, and obviously we've discussed on previous episodes about the 11 plus. Um, it's not just about that, though, is it? Uh, absolutely not. Um, uh, you know, one of the most offensive things I, <laughs> I find is if, if uh, and my father actually did this, he, he introduced me to somebody to say that I, I won a sort of almost a, like an 11 plus um, exam factory. Um, uh, and I was like, hold on, mate. Um, uh, that's absolutely not what we do. Um, and you're quite right. It's not just about exam results. Um, uh, getting a good cheater or finding a good cheater is all about uh, offering children not just that more forensic and personalised approach to education, but it's about offering, hopefully, a vehicle for a, just enjoying learning and finding learning to be fun, um, as well as discovering your true potential um, and getting that closer element of support. Um, um, you know, a, a new approach to learning um, uh, can be anything ranging from how you might go about uh, doing some homework, um, how you might sort of read instructions or say worded problems in maths, um, or how you engage in the learning process, um, your inclination and your confidence to actually ask a question or feel comfortable about making a mistake. Now, unless we're, if we're not making mistakes, we're not learning. And it sounds very trite, but it's a really important part of learning to review and feel open to reviewing um, when you've got something wrong. Understanding that and feeling supported in improving in that specific area. So, you know, I think finding a good tutor is all about unleashing, you know, confidence um, and allowing you to sort of immerse yourself in the learning process. Uh, obviously, it's underpinned by you going through topics and improving in subjects that hopefully will lead to getting better grades. Um, um, but there is a broader impact. And I'm really keen that sort of any time people talk about tutoring, it should have a united approach to what they're doing at school. Um, it should never be something that's done in isolation to school. Uh, it should be sort of, sort of supporting um, uh, them in their national curriculum. 
um, and in supporting them in their desire to learn. Because unless you don't, you have that desire to learn, the learning becomes incredibly difficult, as I'm sure you can imagine. Mm, absolutely, Crispin. If I could turn to you, what uh, firstly, what led you to seeking out a tutor for your son, and also how did you find those initial conversations with uh, right tuition and and how they would fit with with the way you work? Um, well, firstly, I'm going to be brutally honest. That of course, Tanya was the driving force here. Um, but we, as a family network, spoke very quickly at the beginning that we spotted Jamie was getting lost in the pack. So we noticed that he was doing, he was fine. He was very happy at school. He enjoyed school. He was doing all right. And I come from a background, as does my partner, to to want to drive and to do things better. So it was about finding a way and how to do that. And obviously the first protocol was parents' evenings and talking to teachers and expectations and all those sort of things but uh, Tanya then drove ahead with uh, saying that she wanted to find right tuition and so we started looking uh, at options within that whether it was a private tutor whether it was a group uh, all the rest of it and if we can think back to days before Zoom it was actually about being in a separate class with different children as well Mm. so that was our that was our route to why we wanted mm. to do it. It, it. it coincides with what you're saying. It was nothing to do with grammar, grammar. It was yeah. that was not on our radar. It was about a breadth of education and a quality of education that we were looking for. Mm. Mm. That's that, really that, interesting. Yeah, I think that's absolutely it. I think sort of what Crispin, correct me if I'm wrong, Crispin, what you're touching on is that you crave information and you sort of perhaps you crave more understanding about how your child is actually learning in the school classroom when your child goes goes into school you're not there to see how they're uh, engaging in the learning process where they're where they're sitting um, um you know sort of how they're sort of um, coping with certain topics um so no, i think absolutely we didn't see any of that and we just didn't i didn't see any passion for learning mm. and that and as you're saying, and we've now learned even more through homeschooling, unless they're enjoying it, unless they're engaged, it will not go in. It, mm. it's, you can't push it in. It's, yeah. it's got to be led from them. And I'd, I'd never really understood that statement until the last year, two years. Mm. And once we got him engaged, Tanya and I noticed very quickly he'd come away from right tuition, which was his last activity of the day it was almost the last thing and we thought he's going to be tired disengaged switched off scratchy he was the opposite he came out spinning jumping we couldn't stop him talking and we realized (laughs) like a sort of a a well-exercised dog they actually like it they want to be pushed and tested and their brain expanded and that i i just think it's almost impossible for that to happen in a class of 30 of mixed abilities it just you just get lost in the noise mm. so the small classes the focused dedicated class that he got very quickly at right tuition uh, meant that he became more engaged and it's almost a secondary function that he's actually got better that's not the thing he's he's enjoyed it it's rewarding he's a better human being for it mm. and he is now achieving way over where he was a year two years ago 
But that's the thing. I think, you know, it's so nice to hear you say that. Thank you, Crispin. But it's, it, for me, a good tutor, going back to the original question, it's all about enabling a child to tap into their true potential. I think there's nothing sadder uh, than, you know, going through education uh, and not unleashing your full potential upon the learning experience. Um, um, you know, if you're only using up 40 to 60% of your capacity, um, then something's wrong. Um, so I would like to see it more normal and less taboo uh, for people to consider getting a tutor for their child, provided it's done in the right way. Um, um, it should be about enabling children to sort of smash through that glass ceiling um, and be excited and feel well supported about challenging themselves, because it can be quite overwhelming, you know, um, uh, you know it, it, the competitive aspect of sort of wanting to, you know, do as well as you can. But if you've got a supportive framework behind you and you feel that people understand who you are, how you learn and where you, you're currently at and what you've got to do to improve, and you do that through rigorous assessment and a more forensic approach to learning, um, then, you know, I think there's, uh, there's only good things can come out of being challenged, but as long as it's done in a positive and productive fashion. Now, it's interesting, like, Crispian, you obviously came to getting a tutor not because you were necessarily looking to prepare your child for an exam or anything. It was more to nurture that love of, of learning. But uh, this is to you, Arthur. Is it imperative for you to have a tutor? Is it ne necessary to have a tutor to prepare your child for, for national exams? Um, for national exams, like, for example, GCSEs um, uh, uh, and indeed SATs, absolutely not. No. Um, uh, you know, the schools will have a syllabus and a curriculum that they adhere to um, in a very specific manner. Um, um, and I, you know that sort of the topics you're going to get tested on will be covered at school. Now, for some independent schools... And indeed, in, um, uh, in the case of Jamie, um, Jamie and some other sort of year fives and year sixes, the 11 plus, that's where uh, it's, it's a very competitive exam. And you can be asked lots of questions that aren't in the year five national curriculum. Um, uh, and, you know, and also, and in addition to that, you're aware that it's a competitive exam. Lots of people are sitting it. You're worried as a parent, I imagine. I hear this from parents a lot, that you might be putting your child at a distinct disadvantage by not investing in a tutor. And I wouldn't say that's the most pure or correct place to come from. Um, um, but it is a very logical concern that parents do have. Um, uh, so I think it's really important that, um, <clears throat> you know, tut tutoring for an exam must be done in a way that prepares you for the exam, but also has that wholesome approach towards preparing you for that next step in education. Um, uh, but I wouldn't say it's um, an absolute prerequisite, um, uh, but certainly it's just like taking a driving test. If you want to just take maybe one lesson and then jump into the car and try and take your driving test, maybe that's quite ill-advised, isn't it? Um, uh, you know, they're very bespoke, these tests. So you've got to know about certain sort of techniques, um, um, uh, like the worded questions, um, so something as simple as how to write your answer onto the answer page. Um, that's, that, that is unique and something that children have never experienced before. Um, um, so it's important that you're guided through it in a calm and measured fashion. And I think to actually put a child out there without any uh, extra support, for some people might see it as a bit of an act of cruelty because um, uh, 
you know, there's so many things that they haven't been exposed to, and yet they're being asked to sort of provide answers and perform on a level without that sort of well-rounded support. So I think the assessment for these tests has to maybe get um, back more so to the national curriculum um, and away from these very bespoke and sort of unique um, quizzes uh, where really, you know, having a tutor is going to significantly uh, improve your chances of success. I was going to say also, is there something that your your company, the Right Tuition um, Company, can be doing to help children that don't normally mm. have access to these kind of these kind of tutors to to, to, the, to companies like yours that um, could help them? Yeah, I mean, that's something which we're really passionate about. In fact, the mission of our company is to expand the benefits of supplementary learning to an ever-widening demographic. So we want to get more and more people gaining access to um, tutoring, a good quality tutoring that has a wholesome, positive impact upon the education. Um, so small group learning does allow you to drive rates down and it makes it more affordable. So the parents of our pupils... Um, really come from a myriad of different backgrounds in terms of their occupations. They might be sort of cleaners, they might be nurses, uh, they might be hedge fund managers, um, they might be, um, um, you, know, uh, you know, supermarket employees. And that's wonderful. I think it gives a very realistic idea of what, you know, uh, of what, um, of a sort of a wide range of backgrounds. Um, but in addition to that, um, to try and sort of meet our core mission, we do a lot of scholarship schemes. Uh, where we offer between 20 and 100% relief off fees. Um, we also work with charities, for example, the AIM charity, which provides free education to 10 uh, children from more disadvantaged backgrounds um, every year, so they can help to prepare for the 11 plus. Um, and we also offer, through our Tunbridge Centre, our Pupil Premium Initiative. And what this does is the maximum number of pupils in our class is eight. And we ensure that... Uh, 25% of each class come from uh, our pupil premium children and we don't touch whilst doing that a single penny from the school's pupil premium budget. So in effect what we're doing is we're making sure those children can get access to high quality tutoring entirely free of charge but making sure that schools can still have that extra funds to spend um, as they so choose. And you know it's wonderful um, uh, it's really good to see and how um, the impact it can have uh, and people who had never thought about having a tutor before um, have maybe suddenly become enlightened towards a new way of learning. They've got an invigorating, charismatic teacher, a more personalised approach towards helping them um, uh, and it really allows them to discover their true potential, going back to what we were originally talking about at the beginning. So, yeah, we do a lot of charitable endeavours, um, um, uh, which we're really proud about. Um, um, and, um, you know, actually we're working with more schools now um, in providing similar types of programme as well. Mm, that's really positive to hear, actually, because, you know, you know, so many children do not have access to these kind of extracurricular things, you know, and we've said earlier about it being an unlevel playing field, and mm. obviously for those those students that it would be even even more so. I was going to say, when I was, sorry, I was just going to say, when I was growing up, um, I mean, I was very lucky to go to a, an amazing school, um, you know, and I, but my experience was that only people with megabucks got access to tutoring. Mm -hmm. um, and 
I know one of the things I'm actually in the process of writing our application for this government tender for the National Tutoring Programme, where one billion's worth of funding is going to support children to try and bring them up to speed after the lockdown. Mm. And I suppose out of this, what I'd really hope for is that schools and tuition companies like my own can work closer together because we all share the same endeavour. We all want children to learn, to succeed and enjoy their learning. Um, so if we can have a more united approach... Uh, where more people get access to this very effective model of education, um, that I'd only see that as a very good thing. Um, um, so I, I think we've obviously come, what I'm trying to say is we've come a long way in the last 15 to 20 years, I'd say. Mm, absolutely. Now, moving on from that, um, I'll come back to you, Crispian. When you were sort of looking at tutors, was there any were there any fears from your point of view about what those tutors would be like and and if you were going to encounter any problems with the tutors i mean obviously you hope that you're going to find the right person from the off but i guess there's always a bit of trepidation when you're trying something new oh absolutely because of course the whole the whole idea of a tutor was completely alien to me uh, like arthur i was very lucky to go to a very exceptional school and i never thought of teaching or learning coming from anywhere other than school that's where it comes from surely so when tanya had mentioned you know let's go somewhere else i had no idea my first inclination was that it was a one-on-one tutor that we were saying we're getting someone to work with him and of course as a parent that makes you think oh you're failing your kid what's going on he's not learning and it couldn't have been further from the truth we we realized once we went in because it was very open we used to go in and drop him off and see all the other kids and the other parents and um, it was a very happy environment that they all went into. They'd go and tear up books and roll around the place <laughs> and then go in and learn. Yeah, sorry about that, Arthur. By the way. No, that's all right. Um, but, um, so, yeah, we, we there was absolutely apprehension of what we were going to get. But the we're not in the class, so we never know quite what happens. But very quickly, within single-figure sessions, we could see Jamie's response to learning was different. And so it, that was very quickly, uh, you know, put to rest any fears there. So, and it, I was much happier that it was a group that made me feel mm. like it was a normal learning environment, not some special coaching one-on-one problem fixer. It was yeah. a natural environment in which to learn. And very rapidly we could tell this is, this is enriching and yeah. helpful. Yeah. I mean, so, I, I think it's, it's so nice to hear that because I mean, I mean, I've taught classes of 50 uh, in a Kenyan secondary school. That's where I first got my love of teaching from. But then I've taught in a London primary class of 32. I've been a one-to-one tutor. But the small group dynamic, as you touched upon, Crispin, is uh, brilliant for removing the fear factor for children. You know, you, you feel that sort of sense of collective effervescence where you're all sharing in the same sort of purpose. You want to come there and learn. Um, but, you know, it's not intense it's meant to be fun. You're meant to be taught by someone who's charismatic. It's a bit more relaxed than school. Um, so instantly the shoulders go back a bit and you feel that you your headspace goes into a place where you can just tap into your your true potential in a in a in an easier fashion. Um, um, and I'm a great believer in the small group dynamic. Not only does it make tutoring more affordable, but I think it's just more in tune with what learning is all about. It's about sort of that uh, sensory experience. Um, about sort of uh, that sort of invigorating atmosphere of a small group dynamic. 
Um, uh, and, you know, as is the case with Jamie, um, you get to make some new friends as well from other schools, which mm. is fantastic. Um, if you're doing something like exam preparation, it makes you less worried about it because you're going through it with you know, new friends that you've made. Um, uh, it takes the pressure off a bit. And especially when dealing with young children, I think that is so, so important. Um, uh, you know, we touched upon it in another podcast. It's not about succeed or fail. It's not a life or death thing. Um, it's just about making sure that if you are going to take a qu- an entrance quiz, it's about making sure you're as well prepared as possible and you can go in there and try your hardest and do your best. And quite frankly, once you've done that, if you can tick that box, you've, you, you've done it. Um, you know, you've got to hand over the results. The results will take care of themselves. Um, all one can ever ask is that you're prepared in a way that allows you to show your all. Um, and that's all one ever asks, I imagine, as a parent as well as a, as a teacher. Totally. And it, it's, as well as it, the results being the results, I do think there's an element of, of teaching them how to take the test. Mm. is a massive, so that the pressure, it's like releasing that pressure. Yeah. Because very quickly you can say, you know, this is what an exam paper looks like. You're going mm. to sit in the room and focus for this long. You're mm. going to manage your time. You're mm. going to need to make a clear mark or you won't get the point. Some of these things are, it's not about the the content but you are helping them be prepared for that test and that's not about cramming that's just as you say a fair advantage (laughs) exactly and i think sort of um giles was talking about what maybe sort of you know things to you know be a bit worried about or um uh, you know what not to sort of what to be on on the lookout for and you know one of the things which we provide is uh, our exclusive learning materials and you do hear lots of stories about sort of tutors uh, who might be, un- it's a very unvetted industry, might arrive at people's doorsteps clutching a Bond book or sort of other type of CGP book. Um, they've just bought down uh, WH Smith. Anyone can go in there and buy them. And they might just sit there as they go through some questions. That's not teaching. That's not proper tutoring. That's literally just um, being a passive participant in a child's sort of, doing some uh, a worksheet that you presented before them. Um, it's really important that when you enter into tutoring, you're doing it in a way that allows uh, you to get something that you wouldn't otherwise get anywhere else. Um, and that might be through the exclusive learning materials. Uh, it might be through sort of the rigorous forms of assessment. Uh, it might be through the marking or the feedback. Um, but it's so, so important that uh, you know, you make time and to find the right cheater for you because every child's different, but also just to be on the lookout because, um, like any industry, um, um, you know, there are you no know, sort of you know, there are good cheaters and there are bad cheaters, but uh, I think it's important uh, that parents find the right sort of cheater for their child and things that they aren't offered at school that is imperative. Well, I was going to say, rather than the sort of more negative connotations of what you to look out for for a bad in a bad tutor mm. for you arthur as, a, as as someone who employs tutors what are you looking for in a good tutor yeah so we are an ofsted registered organization so all of our tutors are um you know qualified teachers have qts um uh, but most importantly i'm looking for somebody who is an invigorating personality now a good tutor isn't necessarily the brightest individual um a good tutor is a clear and effective communicator. 
but also there's somebody who maybe has an element sometimes of eccentricity, but a bit of substance, their character, that firstly gets that light bulb going and get that child engaged. So it's somebody who's got a passion for their subject matter, but they've got to be a clear communicator and a really entertaining individual that you look forward to seeing and you know, sort of learning from. Um, if someone's a wet rag, uh, it's not going to incentivize you to want to go and learn, is it? <laughs> so you're really looking for individuals um, who are dynamic characters. Um, that is absolutely um, vital. Um, um, and of course, um, you want some qualifications to go with it. Uh, yeah, it's always handy. Yeah. You can have all the qualifications, but if you're a wet rag, um, quite frankly, um, you know, uh, upon sort of meeting in our initial um, interview, it probably won't go much further. Mm. <laughs> well, it's, I think it's fair to say that there's an element of performance in teaching. Mm. Absolutely. And some of our teachers um, are, you know, come from maybe sometimes a drama or acting mm. background. Um, um, very much so. Uh, you are putting on a performance. Um, uh, it's, uh, I, I, I certainly, one of my teachers probably don't go home and behave exactly as you do in front of a class. I think, <laughs> I think that, that probably, well, in my case, I probably need to divorce. Um, uh, <laughs> um, but you know, it's um, uh, it's important that sort of you tailor your approach and you're flexible. You know, no one size fits all. So how I communicate, or how one of some of my teachers will communicate with one child, will probably be very different to maybe another child. Um, some children really need a lot of positive reinforcement, and other children might need sort of a bit more sort of um, speaking to in a more frank or direct way, and that's what gets them going. So, you know, it's about knowing the individual, not just the fact that they're a child who's trying to prepare for an exam or learn. You've got to understand what makes them tick. And that is uh, essential. I just wanted to finish on the fact that, we, you know, we've been going through a very challenging time mm. um, with the pandemic. Yeah. And how, Crispin, you've been using a right tuition company during this time. How how has it been working for you after during this time? Is it have you seen a, a growth in in people using your services? Uh, we we certainly what well, one thing we did we tried to add on some extra classes during the day um, to support uh, the learning within the national curriculum that was being missed. Um, so a lot of our children will come to us because they might be preparing for GCSEs or um, the eleven plus, mm-hmm. um, uh, or just want some extra support. Um, but we did start up a few extra classes. But the goal for us was to have a seamless transition from face-to-face learning to learning via Zoom. Um, and actually, there's many things you can take from the small group environment, which Zoom really facilitates. Um, it's dynamic. You know, children's questions get answered immediately. Uh, you can still feed back to parents. Um, obviously, it's not the same as face-to-face. But uh, we saw a slight uptake, yes, in you know, um, pupils coming on board. Um, um, but more so, I was just mightily impressed by how engaged and willing to learn still children were. Um, uh, they are remarkably resilient children, uh, but we're going through something that's unprecedented. So at the beginning, we're all feeling our way through this new technology and new way of learning. Um, um, but, you know, I'll, I'll let Crispin answer because he's, he's got a child who's um, Jamie who's been learning. I mean, how do you feel Jamie's um, dealt with the transition from face-to-face learning to small group? Well, I mean, um, we're very lucky with children. I think we found out that because everything's so new to them every day, 
when mm. you change the parameters, like going from a classroom to being on the screen, they seem to just treat it as the next thing they have to learn. Yeah, Us old Luddites think, <laughs> oh, well, it's a nightmare. We all have to change. The dynamic's different. There's a delay. I can't hear. They don't care about any of that. They just <laughs> barrel on 100 miles an hour and deal with the next set of parameters within which they learn and exist. So we watched Jamie go straight onto those. Now, he, he his whole world became Zoom. He learned sports via Zoom. He did PE via Zoom. He did martial arts. He did piano. He did all these things. So the Zoom thing wasn't anything like the hurdle I think we think it is. And it was extremely smooth. He sat in a group of other children, which was the most important thing. He can't spend all this time with adults. It's not healthy, especially not his own parents. They're the worst. <laughs> so it, to spend some time mucking, even if it's 30 seconds, mucking around with other kids at the beginning of a class was, <laughs> I think, invaluable because it was his chance to mm. do that, which is normal. That is normal school life. And then mm. learn, be enriched, and spend 30 seconds mucking around at the end of the class. And that, <laughs> I, I think, worked extremely well. And he, I don't think, he, after about two classes, he got on board with Zoom. He knew he knows how to do it. He was changing the backgrounds and inviting yeah. people and all this sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, and, and he carried on. Without it, we would have been completely sunk. Mm. Uh, because I think, like most parents, we don't want to be teachers. It's, <laughs> it's extremely hard. Well, uh, it, it, to have someone out there to both be a teacher and to be uh, a, a classmate, a group of classmates together, was invaluable yeah i was just going to say chris because we teach lots of teachers children and head teachers children because you just can't take mm. off that parent hat and suddenly put on mm. a teacher hat it's it's very very you can't. Hard. The, the morning was the hardest that you'd go from toast police to <laughs> then being music teacher to yeah. then saying right now we're going to learn mm. and by the way i don't know how to do long division i can't remember so <laughs> it was yeah. the, to have experts and not a one-on-one, -on -one, because I don't think that would have helped. You know, mm. if you then park a child looking one-on-one -on -one to another adult, mm. it's it, that's not right either. It, for, you know, an hour in the evening, he had what we would call as near as we could get to normality. Yeah. And that was perfect. And I think and I think I've felt a deep sense of responsibility for our organisation, our amazing um support staff as well there have been sometimes printing off learning materials for people that don't have printers um, um mm. uh, or the, or like facilities uh to actually get the learning materials they might deliver them to their home um, um I, so i've felt a deep sense of responsibility for you know to keep children's learning going um uh, there are some very worrying statistics coming out about how many children have actually been doing some proper learning uh, day in, day out. Uh, and the fact is, if you feel that you can leave a chasm of learning between March and the end of July, and there not to be an impact, um, um, then you know, I think you're severely mistaken, uh, because it's been really important to make sure that children can engage in uh, the substance of the national curriculum. Um, they can keep their mind active and going in an academic fashion. Uh, and hopefully, try and fill in as many of those gaps that have otherwise materialised as a result of um, the lockdown. Um, and as, as we've seen, certain schools have maybe really enhanced their reputation, have been absolutely fantastic about feeding back 
um, marking work, setting sort of, and really sort of trying to guide them through this process. And other schools maybe have uh, had their reputation um, damaged a bit um, by maybe not sort of having as um, being or being able to be as supportive during that time. Um, um, but it's been hard for everybody. You know, um, we're all in this very weird boat. Um, but I've always been concerned how children are going to come out of it. They are resilient, um, but uh, ultimately, sort of, it's their learning that you know is going to be negatively impacted, and we've just got to get back on track and hopefully um, rebuild that momentum that was being built prior to March. I think you know companies like your own, um, Arthur, are going to go a long way to helping with that process. So um, it's been great to talk to you both. Um, thank you for being on. Thanks. Crispin, that was really kind. Thank pleasure, you. pleasure. Lovely to talk yeah, to you both. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's great to talk to you both. Thank you for listening. If you would like to ask Arthur and his team at the Right Tuition Company any questions, or if you would like to find out more information about how private tuition could help you and your family, please visit right-tuition.co.uk.